Talkback Matters from the Salvos. Last week we heard part one of Abdi's incredible story. At the age of 12, growing up in Mogadishu, Somalia, at the outbreak of civil war, he took off with a group of people walking to Kenya to escape. It took four months. Then he went back to Mogadishu, Somalia to find his family. And during that time he was captured by militia to be executed. They put us down and... They put you in a line or something, or what happened? Oh, we were, we were lying on the ground. It wasn't lying up. It was uh, the same thing. You, they made you lie on the ground? Yeah. And then, and then what? They, and they start shooting. Um, uh, they got these vehicles where... It's a, it's a land cruises where they took the top off and it becomes a... And they got a guns on top of that. And they start shooting... Um, uh, us, we were about, I can't remember the numbers, it could be an eight of us boys and similar ages and they started shooting us and um, lucky I, I didn't get hit but obviously no one woke up and I had to run after maybe 15-20 minutes lying there. So you're the only, you, they missed you and you, what, pretended that you had been hit? Yeah, yeah, oh, you have to, um, oh, you close your eyes and you think, oh, there's no way you'd leave this but... Um, and I had to check my body if I got hit because I've never been, never been hit the bullets before. So I didn't know what's like. It could be no pain, but lucky, you know. How old were you? This is I was twelve, going thirteen. Twelve. My goodness. And so when you got up and they were gone, what did you do? Oh, I had to catch up with the lady that had the kids. Um, you know, like at small towns and. And one stage, I remember we had to lock all the women one area, and we had to we had to get all the kids out because women is more highly risk of getting raped. So we had to take uh, the little kids to um, the uh, you know with us, and we had to hide the women. I think that's the cases that they were um, targeting us because we were trying to not tell them what the women was, and and it worked at that time. A lot of women survived in that incident. Wow. What happened then from that time until... Because um, I went to Mogadishu to the border of Somalia and Kenya, and then I went back to Mogadishu looking for my family. Did you find them? No, I didn't. Um, I didn't find that time. Yep. And then where did you go? We, I left from Mogadishu to Cairo. Uh, yeah, that's how people smuggle. Well, not people smuggle. You, you actually give them some money, and then they get you a ticket and a visa. So, so hang on a sec. Um, you, you went... You spent four months going all the way back to Mogadishu. Yes, I did. You didn't come across the um, uh, the militia again. Oh yeah, yeah, you do. Um, you just have to do the same thing. You know, you hide. Um, small towns often when you come. But when I was coming back, I was on a on a vehicles. You know, you stop one small town and you wait um, another another transport and. Because people were going in and out in Somalia at the time. And so, when you didn't find them, where did you did what did you do then? I went to get my um, birth certificate, passport, and and this stage Somalia was still, uh, you know, it was a hop that the everyone was against the government this time. Everyone wants to get rid of it before the tribal start started. So um, we come back Mogadishu, look for um, my family not there, and then I tried to find our safety deposit, get some money from there. We had some money, and that was. Checking there, it wasn't a checking money. It was more if they have been there with my family. So they haven't. 
So and then I boarded a ticket to uh, Mogadishu to Cairo, and then you know from there, uh, you know from Cairo to Romania. So I was there for uh, a year and a half. Romanian embassy was giving so many visas, um, and um, and people these people smugglers were buying from the visas and they're giving to the people. Really, and, and is that how you yeah. got it through a people smuggler? Oh yeah, well that that's what well I, they wouldn't call people smugglers, but. They, you know, and that's what the Western world calls. Yes, but they always see someone making business, and they think they're doing the right thing. Ah, uh, right. But one thing I want to make it clear: it's not a uh, people smugglers. Is when you try to put people at risk. Yeah, you know, you try to you know put at risk. But if someone is is know how to speak English, uh, you know, know the system, uh, they don't call themselves people smugglers. They call people they help. It's a business base. So you met someone who actually helped you. Yeah, well, that's how you survive, and um, yeah, help get me to Romania. To, yeah, Romania, and then from there on, I was there, stuck there for uh, um, uh, some time, and and then I, and then I find my father's friend who worked in 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 Somali embassy in Germany. Yeah, and then he um, when he heard, and I was looking for him anyway. I didn't have any family, so often a lot of Somali people look for their own cousins and and friends to help them. So, you know, that's how you, in Somali culture, that's how you um, help each other. You sort of find your, old co- like a distance cousin. And, yeah. And uh, that's how you move. And that's, But I didn't have anyone. So this man, I, you know, I finally, I was in a camp, refugee camp in Romania. The UN set it up there and I was there. And um, from there to Germany, I keep calling him and he got me out there and, that's how I made to Australia. Wow. When did you find your family? Well, I did find my mother. Uh, I was I was volunteering at Red Cross, um, doing, a, you know, like a tracing department where people, you look for your family through paper, like you send letters to all um, Red Cross in the world. Yeah. So I was volunteering there, helping around when I was 16, 17, and, and I used to send letters from, uh, you know, all the time, every week, and my mum responded in refugee camp in Mombasa, Kenya. Really? It was one of the best times, yeah. And so, did you meet up with her again? Um, yeah, yeah. I sponsored my mum, and then she's in Australia since uh, um, some time ago, now 1996, she's here. So. And what about the rest yeah. of your family? Uh, my father, we so we think he died. We have heard that, but my sister lives in Europe. Uh, she's married and with children, and my sister... I. I met uh, well. I've met my sister ten years later. Wow! And after the war, but uh, and now you're a youth worker. I have been a youth worker last thirteen years in Melbourne. Worked uh, uh, non-government organisations, government organisations. So mainly, I worked local government. Wow! So you must see some uh, the Western side to the youth problem, eh? Well, the, I think it. Uh, the thing is, we sort of lost a, a touch in the reality because. Um, most of the uh, people, um, young people I come across is have never had, you know, faced in reality. Yeah. You know, I think that's the things we're missing. Even our adults are the same. You know, yeah. you often complain little things that basically not um, big deal. And and the other thing is, uh, I would say is that once you lose, once you don't appreciate what you have, you most likely have have a mental health. If you got issues and everything, but if you don't appreciate even what you got, 
I think that's a big problem. Do you think that there is a God that uh, was with you through all of that? I think so, yeah. I think there's uh, a God with me, and, and most of the time I survived. I mean, there's a lot of things that you you and I didn't talk about it. I mean, it wasn't as smoothly, um, you know, the way I came to Australia and, and survived. But to be honest with you, yes, uh, I think I believe God, and, and um, you know, it's all the way. And, if, and again, it goes back to if you really don't believe your faith, that's when you lose. Yeah. Everything. So keeping your faith and because everyone can recognize how happy you are inside. Don't worry about me. Abdi is now married with a family of his own in the comparative safety of Melbourne, and he is now a youth worker dedicating his life to helping young people find their way in life. Light and Life, the Salvo's weekly radio show. Let's say that our little show is over and so.